Welcome to Women on the Line, a community radio national feminist current affairs program featuring the voices of women and gender non-conforming people produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Emma Hart. We're busy as building, you know, huge high-rises and investment properties and prisons. But nobody's building homes that people can afford to live in. Women on the Line acknowledges that this program is produced and presented on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and that their sovereignty was never ceded. We acknowledge their elders past and present, as well as the traditional owners of the land on which you're hearing us from. This week on the program, we hear an interview by 3CR broadcaster Priya Kunjan about Homes Not Prisons, a campaign to stop the expansion of the Dame Phyllis Frost Centre, a women's prison in Victoria, and for the money the state government has allocated for this project to be used to build public housing instead. Priya speaks with Vicky Roach, UN woman, activist and advocate for Aboriginal women in prison, Sara Stilianos, advocate with lived experience, and Gabby Frenich, a campaign worker for Flat Out, a statewide homelessness support and advocacy service for women who have had contact with the criminal justice or prison system in Victoria. This is Priya Kunjan. We are about to go to an interview with uh, Vicky Roach, uh, Gabby Franich and Sara Stelianos from Homes Not Prisons. Um, and they're going to be joining us to talk about the Victorian government's plan to uh, expand the carceral system by expanding Dame Phyllis Frost Centre and also about the Victorian government inquiry into the state's criminal justice system. It's so good to have all three of you joining us this morning. Thank you. <laughs> all right. I think uh, when I when I ask questions, I will ask um, all of you individually to respond so that I don't worry you about overlapping. But um, maybe to start off with, for listeners who aren't familiar with Homes Not Prisons, when and why did you form and who is involved? And I might uh, I might throw to uh, Sarah first on this and then Sarah pass it on to anyone that you want. <laughs> all right. Um First of all, hi, I'm Sarah, and um, so the reason that Homes Not Prisons was formed was because of the expansion that had been proposed or put into the budget by um, the Andrews government and to Dame Phyllis Frost Centre, which is the women's maximum security prison in Victoria. Um, and the reason we were formed was because of the fact that we have a massive public housing um, crisis and, like, what's the point in spending so much money on expanding a prison when, you know, homelessness is a key factor as to why women are in prison in, um, to begin with and, um, yeah, homes should be built instead of um, more prison beds and cells. So, yeah, so we've all come together to... Stop the expansion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Vicky, did you want to did you want to speak to that as well? Because I know that you've been involved in this for a while, and you've been engaged in so much important activism and advocacy around this, both inside and outside. Yeah, thanks, Priya. Um, my name is Vicky Roach. I'm a I'm a UN woman, and um, I'd like to to pay my respects to uh, and acknowledge. The, the country I'm on and 
as the ancestors and traditional knowledge keepers of this land. Um, yeah, the the thing is the expansion of prisons is um, is happening not just in Victoria but all over the country. Um, the the huge new prison being built up near Grafton. <coughs> now, um, DPFC, in the time that I was there, and I was released in 2008, they've just been given $25 million to um, upgrade the prison. And um, yeah, we assumed that would be extra beds and things then, but it wasn't. Um, the prison, they just built... Um, the, the program was called Better Pathways, and that's pretty much all we got out of it was some new pathways. Um, they built a, a welfare building, whereas once you could just go and knock on the door and um, ask to see the welfare officer if she was there, you know. You could ask for yourself, have you got time or when can I come back? Um but this new building, they made it double storey and they put all the welfare workers upstairs behind a locked door and um, you had to go through a screw gatekeeper mm. to um, be able... She would decide whether your request to see a welfare officer was um, worthy or not. And... <laughs> either make you an appointment or not. So um, $25 million, the first thing they built to start with was um, a million-dollar recreational facility for the screws just outside the um, walls of the prison, which was apparently poorly patronised and uh, <coughs> a big white elephant. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think expanding the prison or the money that they're um, they're putting up to expand the prison is um, well. Of course, it will be used to expand the prison, um, but that's not what needed. What's needed is the closure of that prison altogether, mm-hmm. of all prisons, in fact. Um, the expansion of DPFC corresponds with the number of women who are being criminalised and incarcerated for um, crimes of poverty, um, uh, breaches of breaches of orders, not even crimes, but mm-hmm. breaches of administrative orders. Um, it's unnecessary. Um, it will not do what the public thinks or is told it will do, which is keep them safe, because, like, you know, everybody gets out. And most women in prison have relatively short sentences. Mm-hmm. So it's... Um, this, this whole um, campaign has been born out of that, um, the correlation between the need for housing 
public housing, not social housing, not affordable housing, which is still unaffordable at seventy five percent of the market income uh, of the market um, price. Mm-hmm. Um, we need more public housing, and that, as um, Sarah said, is um, one of the greatest contributors to women being criminalised. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that, Sarah and Vicky. Um, it is clear that, you know, as Vicky really put a clear point on, um, women are being criminalized for crimes of poverty and, um, especially with the remand system as it is right now, I don't think people are quite cognizant of the sort of revolving door of being criminalized for poverty, going into the prison system, coming out of the prison system with no support and that lack of housing is really um, a crucial part of it. So, um, Gabby, I might turn to you. The Victorian Parliament is currently holding an inquiry into the state's criminal justice system, which is looking into factors, including the growing remand in prison populations in the state, questions around recidivism and judicial appointment processes. So I was wondering how this inquiry came about, and um, could you tell us a bit about your concerns in the Homes Not Prison submission? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, first off, I'll just introduce myself. Um, I'm Gabby. I'm coming from the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people, so I'd like to pay my respects um, and also to acknowledge that prisons and policing are mechanisms of ongoing colonisation here in so-called Australia. So acknowledging that is, uh, I guess, a key part of the Homes Not Prisons ideology. Um, in terms of the inquiry it it came about, I think, because there has been, you know, a lot of widespread concern over the last few years, you know, after bail and parole reforms have seen an increase in uh, prison populations um, and also, you know, the judiciary having less sentencing options as well in terms of giving non-custodial sentences. So I think uh, there's been real concern over the growth of the prison population and the high recidivism rates, which not 100% sure, but it is a, over 40%, I believe, um, people who get out of prison will uh, go back within two years. Um, so, you know, we're really kind of seeing that putting people in prison, whether it's uh, on remand or whether they have been sentenced and then keeping them in prison because parole is so difficult to get, is simply, you know, not helping the recidivist problem and, you know, the rehabilitation is a myth, basically, in my eyes. Um, So, yeah, I believe that the inquiry came about because of these concerns and because it's clearly something that needs to be addressed. And also, uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic, the Victoria's prison population actually did go down for the first time in many, many years. So I'm hoping that, you know, this is sort of an opportunity to consider how to keep it down. Of course, the plans to expand the prison um, don't inspire a lot of confidence in taking that opportunity, but hopefully this inquiry will. Uh, So in terms of our submission, so we put in a submission uh, basically writing to the campaign's key goals. Um, So we addressed the inquiry's first term of reference, uh, which was about an analysis of the factors influencing uh, Victoria's growing remand in prison populations. Um, and we said that, you know, the criminalisation of, of poverty and homelessness that uh, Vicky and Sarah spoke about really well uh, is a huge part of the issue here. So our 
recommendations, which are also our campaign goals, are to stop the planned expansion of DPFC and to reallocate the uh, 188.9 million budgeted for the expansion uh, to build and support new public housing and uh, Aboriginal community controlled homes. Yeah, it is. Um, I think you know it's it's quite it's quite clear these recommendations directly speak to addressing those those issues that um, that Vicky and Sarah were speaking about. Women on the line on community radio around Australia. You're listening to Women on the Line. You're hearing 3CR broadcaster Priya Kunjan speaking with Vicky Roach, Sarah Stilianos and Gabby Frenich about the Homes Not Prisons campaign, a push to reallocate money the Andrews government has designated to expand the Dame Phyllis Frost Centre, a women's prison in Victoria, and use it to build public housing instead. This is Priya now. Uh, Sarah, I might bring you back in here. Can you can you tell us a bit about why these recommendations are so important and so urgent and maybe uh, talk about some of the damage that has been done by a lack of housing for women? Uh, yep. So, um, you know, I am a woman with lived experience and, you know, I didn't have housing myself and that was more priority to put me inside and incarcerate me than it was to keep me out. Um, keep me out of prison, but you know, and that's a story and a situation that many women face. Um, you know, and the lack of public housing out in, you know, in society. Like, I don't think I even know of any housing that has been public housing that's been re, like been built in, you know, probably decades. Like, you know, I've been had reoccurring homelessness since the last for well, like 15 years, and. Um, yeah, I do not recall any public housing being, you know, built and and um, developed. I do know that, um, you know, the public housing waiting lists are expensive and, you know, that's just, it's just not, like, it is not realistic, the situation that we are in. Um, you know, we are all, str- like, struggling. Like, we don't have, Centrelink doesn't cover, um you don't get enough with Centrelink, like the living wage. I mean, the cost of living is going up while Centrelink benefits and everything is still staying exactly the same as they were for like years and years and years. Maybe an increase of like a dollar, but that doesn't really mm. <laughs> do much. Yeah. Um, but um, the, the importance of public housing is the fact that it is the most affordable and secure kind of housing. There are a lot of other housing names that I know a lot of people out in community who do not have not had experience with homelessness or with working in the sector or using a service um, a service in relation to housing um, don't understand that um, public housing is completely different to social housing, community housing, affordable housing. Like they are still those kinds of housing are still expensive, like mm-hmm. and uh, are not secure. And still bound by a lot of, um, I don't know, old form rules. I don't really know what they are, but like, you know, reasons that somebody would get kicked out, yeah. um, and, and become homeless again. So with public housing that's more secure, it is also 25% of a person's income, which means that that's affordable and people can still have money to live. Um, you know, at the moment I'm currently renting and my rent takes up you know, all of my Centrelink, I also work, but that's still, I'm only, like, you know, I'm only making enough really to 
to pass by mm. and pay the necessities, really. Um, yeah, I just don't think... I just don't think it is okay um, the way that the entire housing system in regards to, like, from private to pu- public um, is operating at the moment like or has for a long time because of the fact that it's all about money and it's not about people's health, um, people's safety and well-being. Um, you know, and that's what we're seeing with, you know, prisons are not supposed to be used as freaking homes, mm. you know, but we're seeing them being used as homes, um, which prison is not a home. <laughs> yeah. That. Um, but like they are, like, you know, people being sent there because they don't have a fixed address. Like, and that's not fair. And that's, that has detrimental impacts on a person's, you know, future, their life, their well-being and, and, and their sense of self as well as those, the ripple effect that it has on their, their community and their families. So yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was, you know, such a comprehensive response. Thank you so much, because it, it really does show all of the different dimensions of a person's life that are um, affected by not having access to stable housing. And that's only compounded if you are um, if you're coming out of the carceral system. And Vicky, I was um, I was wondering if, if you could maybe comment on um, you know, the, the importance of having secure housing if you are coming out of prison. Um, it's absolutely key. Um, <coughs> a lot of people don't get their parole because they haven't got housing for them. And when they do find housing for people, it's usually in boarding houses that are full of people who have also just been released from prison um, or really crappy caravan parks and um, hotels that should really be condemned. <coughs> um, and these these things are not cheap. Um, they give you a couple of weeks free and then you're on your own. Um, there's, housing is the key to pretty much everything. Everybody deserves the right to a, a, a roof over their head. You know, everybody pays taxes. Look, we'll say, oh, but they're, they're on the dole. Doesn't matter. We probably pay more tax than people who are employed or, or millionaires, for instance. Because we pay GST on every single thing we buy. Every single thing that we use, our, our rent, our electricity, everything has GST built into it. So you can't tell us we're not taxpayers. Mm-hmm. And I firmly believe that having secure and affordable accommodation and, and I don't mean what they think is affordable. Mm-hmm. I, I mean what really is affordable. Public housing at the moment is affordable. It's 25% of your income. It's fixed. You know what it is. Um, and, it, and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just selling it all. We don't have any. Yeah. Um, that's the problem. We're busy as, 
Thank you so much, Vicky. Yeah, it is. Um, it's just so crucial at, in terms of making sure that people, you know, like making sure that people don't get caught up in being criminalized for these crimes of poverty. Part of that really relates to people having a home. And I mean, obviously, the issue of criminalization is, is massive and we will be going into detail in other interviews about that. But I think before we wrap up, Gabby, would you mind letting us know uh, where people can find out more about the campaign and um, get involved? Yeah, of course. So um, we definitely welcome new activists, anyone who is sort of in line with our values of um, stopping the expansion of any prisons and providing safe, secure uh, public housing to people. And, you know, especially I think we women and their children and First Nations people, we really encourage you to get in contact with us. So uh, you can find our website and our open letter at homesnotprisons.com.au. If you Google Homes Not Prisons, it should come up. Uh, and if you search us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, we also have social media mm. accounts where we post updates and, um, you know, other things from sort of other campaigns and organisations that would interest our followers, you know, things awesome. that are, like I said, in line with our values. Yeah. Um, and oh. we also have an email address as well if anyone wanted to get in touch to join in and talk more about the campaign. Perfect. That's at Times, not prisons at Gmail. All right. Well, thank you all so much. That is, I think, all the time we've got for today, but I really appreciate you joining in. No worries. Thank, thank you, you very, very much, Priya. Thank you, Priya. Talk to you soon. All right. And that was uh, Vicky Roach, uh, Gabby Franich, and Sara Stelianos from Homes Not Prisons who joined us to talk about the campaign. You just heard an interview by 3CR broadcaster Priya Kunjan with Vicky Roach, Sara Stilianos and Gabby Frenich about the Homes Not Prisons campaign, who are pushing the Victorian state government to use funds earmarked to expand the Dame Phyllis Frost Centre to build public housing instead. For more information or to get involved, visit homesnotprisons.com.au. To take us out of the show today, we'll hear a brand new track from Nam-based artist Papaphilia from her new record, Remembrance of Things to Come. This one's called The Sun Cannot Rise in Prison. It's your 
were just listening to an excerpt from The Sun Cannot Rise in Prison, a track from Nam-based artist Papaphilia's new record, Remembrance of Things to Come. The interview you heard in today's show featured 3CR broadcaster Priya Kunjan in conversation with Vicky Roach, Sara Stilianos and Gabby Frenich about the Homes Not Prisons campaign. You can find out more at homesnotprisons.com.au. And that's all for Women on the Line today. Women on the Line is a community radio national feminist current affairs program featuring the voices of women and gender non-conforming people. This program was produced in Nam, Melbourne, with the amazing support of 3CR staff. A big thank you to them. Women on the Line is broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network, and we greatly appreciate financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email to womenontheline at gmail.com or phone 3CR on 03 8377. If you'd like more information about today's program or to listen to the show again, you can find what you need on the Women on the Line website, 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. The theme music for Women on the Line is by Ripley Guevara. I'm Emma Hart. Hope you can tune in again next time.